more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. J.R.R. Tolkien. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 14 of Commoners Honing All Disciplines podcast. You are what you eat. A very true statement. This uh, episode is going to be focused all on nutrition for uh, episode two of Jack January. We're going to go over beginner, intermediate, and expert level, um, slowly getting more esoteric throughout the episode. So <laughs> if you, you can stick around for, for that. So to start off, uh, why not eat whatever you want? It's a very, very good question. Why not eat whatever the heck you want? Hmm. I think the answer tends to be the same answer for anything that you can enjoy or you can abuse. It's because you will regret it. That's, that's, I think that's basically the answer. Uh, unfortunately, like no one wants to hear that really. Like, oh, I should just, I could just eat whatever I want. It's not a big deal. Like, especially start to get older like that's not true it, it really does not hold true like as you start getting older in, in your 20s you know once you pass about 20 25 26 you know your body will very likely start reacting to food a bit differently and as you get into your 30s your body definitely is telling you you know you cannot eat what teenager like what you ate as a teenager you just can't do it I can't handle this. I can't handle the the heavy fats, uh, the heavy like the trans fats, right? Like I, I can't do it. Not that your body really could do it in the beginning, anyways, but it's just it can do it a lot less now, right? Uh, the, those heavy fried foods, uh, battered stuff, a lot of cheese, or like a lot of um, usually it tends to be a lot of just fried food in general. And then on top of that, yeah. it's, you know, you add dairy, uh, depending on the person you add, like a high amount of carbs, you add a lot of sugar, your body is going to break down um, a lot faster than it's supposed to. So why should you not eat whatever you want? Well, because you're going to regret it, mm. right? So it's the same as many other things. And well, it doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy what you eat. And this is, this is where you can't get confused. You have to enjoy what you eat. Like it's a non-negotiable. If you're eating something you hate, you're not going to be able to sustain the, the, the lifestyle. It's just impossible. Def definitely. Like, it's a physical impossibility. So you have to be enjoying what you're eating. But you shouldn't necessarily just be eating whatever the heck you want. Especially as you get older. Especially as you get more serious uh, about your nutrition. And we'll obviously get into like what that means. What that looks like uh, from a beginner standpoint. And then all the way up to like you know what like professional bodybuilders uh, natural and unnatural would be eating, right? Like depending on wh what cycle they're in. And, and again, we will go through all of that, you know? Yeah. That's, that's one thing to mention that, you know, maybe you do have to eat something you hate if you're like a high level bodybuilder, but those, those people have the discipline to just power through whatever they need to eat. And most of them enjoy all their meals anyway. Well, I, I've seen, I've seen them force feed and, it's suffering, man. But but like you said, you know, that's a oh, big... Oh, yeah, definitely. That's why it's an expert level. Like, this is high discipline. These are high discipline. Uh, I actually, likely, there's maybe some more expenses to these things. Like, these are people who take their nutrition 
to the utmost, like to the utmost seriousness. Mm-hmm. Like the, these are people that would, they're experts, right? They don't mess around. Um, they stick to a, they stick to a lifestyle when they choose to do that. Um, you know, they don't do diets. They don't do fad bull, bull crap. Like <laughs> they actually like stick to a real lifestyle. But again, we're not there yet. So we just want to, that's how we describe an ex, that's how I would describe an expert, like an eater, let's say. Yeah. Expert eaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most people probably just want to be healthy. And that means functioning at a level that they're happy with. And, you know, they want their meals to be satisfying and they want to get enough energy and get enough nutrition out of everything they eat. They don't want to feel sick. That should be everybody's goal. And we, I just want to quantify that statement. You know, you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. What does that even mean? You know, you might've heard people say before, they don't really describe why it is what it is, but essentially think about it like this. A lion eats very high uh, fat and very high protein content diets. So he will be all muscle and all sino. He'll have very little amount of extra excess fat, let's say, and excess, mm-hmm. um, you know, unnecessary weight, right? All the weight he has is essentially would be from lean, like contractile muscle tissue. They're very low in fat. So that's one thing. And then if you look at someone else, mainly plant eaters, and this is, this is absolutely vegan slander. I don't want <laughs> you to get it the wrong way. This is <laughs> vegan slander. I am absolutely slandering vegans right now. Based. Grass eaters are usually have a, maybe more, there's a lot skinnier, right? Or very fat. There's usually not as much in between between prey animals. They're very lean. Like you got like zebras, you got like gazelles, you have like, um, you know, squirrels, stuff like that. They're very lean. You know, they mainly eat plants. They mainly eat vegetables. Actually, squirrels eat, nu- eat nuts. So they're a little bit in between. They're a bit more fat on them, but mm. they're weak. It's that simple. Animals Pray. that eat only vegetables, chances are they're very weak. Mind you, not big, not pandas and rhinos, but again, those are massive animals with a high fat content, very high fat content. Same as elephants, mm-hmm. right? Like they're very, they're just huge. That's their defense mechanism is being so damn big. They move slow. They, they have really not, they're not that like, they're not that agile, you know, and then the smaller vegetarian animals will, or what I say herbivore, right? That's what you call it formally mm-hmm. yeah. in science. Uh, herbivores are... Like I said, again, they're they're very big and fat, essentially, like uh, hippos. Actually, hippos eat some sort of meat, so I I won't say hippos yet. I I do believe they actually do eat some sort of meat. I'm not sure sure about that. Someone's going to have to fact check me on that. Um, But I think they they will eat people, but yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if they enjoy them. I mean, it's not a regular part of their diet, I would hope. No, no. But uh, one thing uh, like to touch on talking about these animals consider what the animals do all day mm-hmm. these giant herbivores they literally just have to sit and eat grass all day like that's what a cow does it just eats yeah that's a ruminant yeah because it doesn't get concentrated energy it just gets a ton of grass and then it condenses that into meat on its body yeah but it's the volume. carnivore the carnivore gets a lot of energy 
per meal, a lot more energy per meal because it it's eating meat, which is a high condense of energy. Yeah, like a lion's got to eat one meal a day. It'll be a big meal, but it needs one meal a mm-hmm. day. The cow's eating like literally all day. Yeah. Like the elephants eat literally as they're walking or they're grazing, right? They're eating all day, right? Especially it's like volume eating, which is mm-hmm. like, why would you as a human being who has shit to do, what are you going to do? Graze all day? Like, no. Yeah, exactly. Just sit down and eat grasses all day? No. That's not <laughs> what we're made to do. We're, we're built like, we're not built like prey. I no. Mind you, it may seem like that, but we are not built like prey at all. We have very functional uh, arms and legs. Although we have weak flesh, we the, the whole idea of like tools is what makes us predators and what makes us the apex predator, I would argue. Yeah. No, we definitely are. The, we can uh, build the sharp our mind claws is our advantage. of a lion. We can build the sharp teeth of a lion. We can... We can build have the endurance. We can build a gun. We can have the endurance of a gazelle, right? We can actually outpace gazelles. That's how they. That's how they actually hunt. In these, yeah, uh, endurance tribes. Uh, endurance hunting is pretty cool. That's pretty how they common. Before, right? Very common. As the old form of oldest form of hunting, I think, is like endurance hunting, essentially, where you just outpace. Yeah, uh, not outpace, but you uh, essentially outlast. Um, animals who cannot sweat, which mm-hmm. is most, which is most animals. I don't think can sweat. They just pan. Yeah, the, to cool down. those animals are basically built for sprints, and humans mm-hmm. can long distance run for hours. Yeah, yeah we can we totally wreck animals. Um, but yeah, like just just in in comparison of like the cow the caloric intake and the density of meat versus the density of vegetation like pandas have to eat like their body weight in bamboo like every day it's insane that's really yeah. all they do they are very strong but they're also very fat like the massive fat content same with bears but um mm. but i think pan- even pandas and regular bears do eat uh more of a hybrid diet so they have a they're very strong muscles but they're also very fat right they they store a lot of fat and mm-hmm. their energy expenditure is completely different than that of like a lion or a wolf, who would be very lean, who would be very, very high in contractile tissue, the good balance of like fat to muscle, mostly muscle though, in terms of like those two components. But yeah, yeah. anyways, That's you like are what you cat. eat. It's just yeah. So if you're gonna eat a lot of meat and and fats uh, and like good healthy animal fats those fats are going to sustain you and that the meat, the protein, those nutrients, that's going to help you with recovery and growth. Right. And, and and you won't grow as much, but you'll have exactly what you need and it'll be more, it'll be a better quality of muscle, right? They'll have less intravene, intravenular fat, which is, you know what the, the intravenial. Yeah. Yeah. Intravascular. I think it is. Oh, sorry. But you know, the marbling on a cow, Basically, that's what that is. That's that's yeah, intra fat in between the muscle fibers. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. That's exactly what it is. So you want to be lean. You want to be like a like um like a like a grazing cow. You don't want to be like a wagyu. They taste great, no. but you don't oh, want to be one. They're delicious. You should eat them, but you yeah. should eat them. But again, it's not. You're not going to eat that and and expect to. Actually, it's funny. You don't want to be the Wagyu, but if you ate the Wagyu, you wouldn't be the Wagyu. <laughs> so I, mean, I think maybe there's so maybe <laughs> maybe there's a flaw in this. 
Um, yeah, okay. Well, we have to, we'll definitely sort that out a little bit because that's <laughs> keto essentially. But, uh, anyways, bad for the cow, good yeah, for the human. The whole point Whatever. is don't sit and eat grass all day. That's not yeah. good for you. Yeah, it's cringe. It's just cringe. It's just very cringe. Yeah, just, it's cringe. Also, you're a man. You should like hunt at least once in your life. You should know where yeah. your food comes from. You should know what it's like to actually like, uh, like eat an animal that you killed and like actually kill an animal. Cause like what you think just sits on your table. You think he just comes and sits on your table. Like, no, man, come mm. on. You got to grow up a little bit and be like, and, and you know, have some appreciation for it too. Right. Yeah, that's true. You should, you should be an aristocratic herdsman and you should have your own herd herdsman. and you should choose an animal to slaughter every, every harvest and you should cut the throat yourself. <laughs> I don't think I don't meal. think that's how it's done anymore. They have those little machines. They have this, yeah. Okay, have you seen the movie No Country for Old Men? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With, the, uh, uh, Javier Bardem. The cattle. The, what's it called? Yeah, the cattle. I forget what it's called, but literally, it's like a yeah. air pressurized, like, uh, it's like an air pressurized. Yeah, tube. it's a pneumatic piston, and it just yeah. And you and you press a button, and the air is super pressurized, and it basically launches out a little tube, almost like a firing pin. And then it just boom insta kill like insta kill yeah. the cow if you hold and it. And they can't for Why is there? They think it's a gunshot, but it's yeah. No, no, it's very quiet. I know, but when they they see the wound that the the cops and oh, the yes, they're like, yes, yes. Why, yes. why is there no exit wound and no bullet? Because mm-hmm. like, it's not a yeah, it wasn't a gunshot, but yeah, yeah. It's very. That's actually how they kill cows. Okay, they, we're getting way off track, <laughs> dude. Let's reel it in. It's a good movie though. Yeah, it is a good movie. All right, so I we read like. Recommend it. We were at yeah. um, just getting into beginners, yes, beginner level nutritional information. Yeah, starting with like calories in versus calories out. Yeah. So what does that mean? What the what the hell does that mean for a beginner? How do you how does your body maintain its its weight? How does your body gain weight and how does your body lose weight? The one principle which is a, is constant regardless of your level of um, nutrition knowledge is calories in versus calories out. So if you're maintaining weight, you're burning essentially exactly the amount of calories that you eat every day and vice versa. You, you, the amount of calories you eat every day, you're burning every day. So if I burn 2000 calories a day, I'm eating 2000 calories a day. I will not gain weight or lose weight unless there's something wrong with me. We're not going to get into any diseases or anything because that's you know, if you're eating 2000 calories a day and you're supposed to be burning 2000 calories a day and you're like gaining an excess amount of weight, you have to check your metabolics because uh, your metabolic system mm-hmm. essentially regulates the calories burned and like the, the way calories are burned in your body. So you have to really, if you have problems with your metabolic, metabolic health, you should definitely go to like a, a doctor, or like an expert nutritionist. But this, we're assuming now you have a regular metabolic system. If you eat exact amount of calories that you burn every day, you're going to maintain your weight. If you eat slightly less or any amount less than the calories you burn every day, you will very likely be in a calorie deficit, which means you're going to lose weight. Because it's the calories that are being burned is from your own fat stores. Yes, exactly. And sometimes your muscle stores as well if you're not balancing that but again we will get into that we will get into the what diets prevent stuff like that from happening and then obviously 
to gain weight, you'd be eating more calories than your body burns. So if you eat 2,000 calories, you eat maybe 2,200, 2,300, 2,500, maybe 3,000. Depends. It depends what you want. So, And we'll get into what that means. And now what three categories of nutrients uh, are these calories made up from? And these are called macronutrients. These are the big three. These are what you hear about whenever someone talks about protein, fat, carbohydrates, you know, it's just very simple macronutrients. We're not going to get into very detailed micronutrients or like BCAAs and stuff like that, like specific types of proteins. We're just going to, we're just going to stick to the macronutrient level for now. Macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, fat. What does protein do? Builds muscle. Builds muscle, yes. So protein essentially assists in the repair and recovery of muscle. That's the stuff that's going to, you know, keep your body growing, keep your body together and keep it healthy. It keeps things moving, essentially. It's the, it's the main rebuilding uh, macronutrient. That's what builds you up. Carbohydrates do not build you up. They get burned for energy. Yeah. So as, right as I say that, what, what is a carbohydrate? Any, any type of, uh, well, there's different levels, right? You could have the simplest ones, which is just sugar. Then you've got other things like fibrous carbohydrates, which take longer to digest and longer to burn. So that's different levels of energy right there. And the speed at which you get that energy is going to be different. So obviously a candy bar is you're going to feel that faster than broccoli. Hence a sugar rush. Yeah. Right. So, so to break it down simply, carbohydrates are essentially sugars types of sugars that your body will use to that will body your body will use as essentially fuel for like to burn like to burn as fuel for energy mm-hmm. so if your body's a, it goes right into your bloodstream after you eat it right and then it's mm-hmm. distributed to your your cells and used up right away yeah. unless you eat too much then it's the excess stored. is stored yeah as fat usually and that's a relatively slow process, but it's a process nonetheless. And then the final one is fat. Now, what does the fat do for a person? Now, this Makes is a fat. very interesting topic, but okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding fat about that. Eating excess. Yeah, and it depends the type of fat and, and, and what your diet's like. Fat doesn't necessarily make you fat. Uh, caloric excess makes you fat. Having too much fat can make you unhealthy, but that's a whole nother. It's not getting into that. If right you now. if you uh, just ate protein and carbs, then you would still starve. Yeah, you need fat. So fats actually they do a lot of things in the body that people don't really know about. So fats yeah. assist in the lubrication of joints. Fats assist obviously in insulating the body against temperature and temperature regulation, which is why I, I'm not sure, but I think women because they tend to store more fat, they're actually better at, at regulating body temperature than men. Hmm. Although they Usually complain about are, it, complaining times about being cold all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to add. Yes, they can. They do store more body fat on average. Yet they complain about being cold <laughs> way more than men do. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, yeah, fat essentially assists with ma- re- regulating temperature. It assists in lubricating joints. It assists in you know keeping your brain. Um, I think it does assist in keeping your brain like, yeah. like the fatty tissues from like main, being maintained and again, again, keeping that moisture in. Your like brain a lot of is stuff, mostly made of fat. I believe. Yeah, it is. It is mostly fat, right? And and just eating more fat does not make your brain bigger. That's, that's 
don't don't think that's what we're saying, but it can help maintain the quality of your brain tissue, I think, because it yeah, keeps it lubricated. True. Right? If you had like we said, if you had no fat, you would literally essentially starve. Like if you only ate rabbit per se, you would starve. Mm-hmm. You yeah, you hear about starve. that um, survival. You read, I read a lot of survival books, and in in those they say if you were only eating rabbit because it's so lean, uh, you would die eventually. You would still starve because the fat. A lot another thing, um, fat does in the body and the bodies of animals is it stores vitamins and mm, hormones. Yes, sorry, yes. So Storing and if you're transferring eating fat, of vitamins, you're getting vitamins from the animals. And hormone regulation is such a huge thing for overall health that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a little too for detailed, whatever though. reason. Maybe a little too, too detailed. Could be, yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into that, but uh, but it know, is important to eat, to eat fat, and that's why being obese can actually make you depressed. Um, yeah, because it has to do with inflammation and hormone. Um, like your body may be overproducing or underproducing hormones because it has to regulate essentially your body weight. Uh, it's just, it's attempting to regulate your body weight because you're not doing it. But mm-hmm. this is this is way past beginner. Um, anyways, as a beginner, the three things you need to worry about: calories in, calories out. Do you want to lose weight? Count your calories. There's great apps for this. We will link them for sure in the notes, like My Fitness Pal. Uh, I know there's yeah. a couple others. I think the actual like Apple Fitness app can do that for you. Um, but anyways, there's a lot of apps to do that. Count your calories and, you know, to how to, this is how you experiment. Uh, and this is very rough is if you, uh, I think multiply your body weight by about 12 and that's the amount of calories you need per day. Again, it's a very rough estimate and mm. you should, to learn about how many calories are actually burning every week, you should actually experiment and essentially for one week. Uh, regardless if you're gaining or losing weight, uh, especially if you're maintaining weight, this will be the perfect thing for you. Just simply cap, uh, track your calories for one week and see about how much you eat every day. And if you're not gaining or losing any weight, that's why your maintenance calories. So that's the amount of calories you eat every single day without uh, actually burning, without actually gaining or losing weight. That's that a good way to do it. Yeah. Then it's just, based yeah, on just, an average over that week. Yeah, exactly based on average over that week, because obviously you eat more or less some days and some other days. But like, let's say you ate on average 1700 calories per day. Um, that's a little low, I think for men, uh, for women, it might that actually may be a little high, but it depends on your on your height, it depends on your like existing weight. So don't worry about it being high or low. That was just a number, right? Don't number one thing, the number one advice I can give for beginners, calories, although they're important, they're just numbers, they're numbers. So don't freak out about numbers. Don't get obsessed with the numbers, right? Don't get, don't get like, oh, I was 50 calories over. I was 100 calories over. Oh, I was 50 calories under. Relax. Relax. <laughs> it's okay. You're a beginner. You're, you don't know any of this stuff. That's why you, you can't be so hard on yourself. You're just starting out. So just please calm down. They're just calories. They're very important, but just just know the numbers are, the num- are just numbers. Don't freak out, and you can always make up for it the next day, Right? It's not the end of the world if you're if you're trying to gain weight and you're consistently under eating. You know, just slowly work your way up. It's not going to happen right away where you can force feed yourself to gain weight, right? Mm. Uh, same with if you're trying to lose weight. It's not going to happen in a day where you can say, "Oh wow, it's actually hard for me to get the deficit." That's fine. See what you can do to slowly 
uh, get to maintain those calories. And that's why I don't like saying diet um, because diets like diets come and go. They may change, but a calorie restriction or, or a calorie surplus, you know, that's going to be like a whole lifestyle change essentially. Yeah. And it takes time to know what's right for you. And it I takes think time going to by, um, if you don't want to count calories, I think you, everyone should do that for a week, like you said, and track it. And then, you know, but use that to develop a feeling of, okay, at this meal, I, I felt really full and you can mm-hmm. assume you were over calories and then you trust your instinct. Like, do I still feel hungry by the time I go to bed? Then, you know, you probably didn't eat your maintenance calories that day. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. And, and there's also yeah. like, again, this is for people who have, who do not have like eating disorders, eating disorders or anything. Because if you have yeah, an eating different. disorder and you eat like a thousand one hundred calories, you might be like, "Oh, I, I'm I'm full. Like I, I'm I eat too much." It's like, no, no, you have an issue. I don't care if you're a guy or girl. You, you actually have an issue. Get get it fixed. I'm talking about normal people that maybe haven't done any of this stuff before. Just you have to basically come in with no judgment of what's occurring with your body, right? If you're a bit heavier, if you're a bit skinnier, you just have to say, "I want to know." what I'm eating every week to be at this weight that I am at. And then from there, you can say, I want to gain weight. I want to gain muscle or I want to get or I want to lose weight, right? I want to lose fat. Usually you want to lose fat. So mm-hmm. from there, we have counter counting. We have experimenting with your own calories. So you know what is um, your maintenance. And then from there, if you want to gain weight, I highly recommend just attempting about 100 or 200 calories extra every day. That's all. It's a very slow, it's a very low um, uh, surplus because I know for people who, who let's say are like eating 3000 calories and they cannot gain weight, just take your time with that because it's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough for your body and your stomach to get used to like eating 3,100 calories, 3,200 calories. Like you got to really take your time with that. And the same goes for losing weight. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be going from 2,500 calories a day to 2000. It's just silly. Start from 2,500, try to go down to maybe 2,350 if you want to be aggressive, right? And this, this is not including exercise you already do. This is not including it. This is with no, uh, with very uh, little or everyday regular activity for your everyday. So let's say you walk a little bit every day. That's fine. That's what you want to work with. If you're mm-hmm. increasing activity, do not change the food intake eat the same you're eating, especially if you want to lose weight. Um, if you want to lose weight and you say, I'm going to, I'm going to start exercising. Don't change your diet. Do not change your diet. If you have not exercised and you want to gain and you want to start to lose weight, do not change your diet whatsoever. Just count the calories you would have burned during exercise. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, let that do uh... the work for you. It's another thing to think about if you want to lose, but you're not necessarily wanting to. Maybe you're only a couple hundred calories over. You could easily increase your activity level yeah. and half drop an hour down. on the treadmill or half an hour walk outside would would more than account for those two hundred or three hundred calories every mm-hmm. day. And if you if you couple that with like actually strength training, you're probably going to be burning like. 400, 500 calories, you probably can be eating the same and you'll lose weight while maintaining much of which is very nice. For those who are trying to gain weight, I would actually recommend, especially if you eat a lot already uh, and you're a younger guy, like I know a lot of young teenage guys, 
they can burn calories like animals. Uh, I know a lot of, I used to have a lot of friends that were hard gainers, right? They would eat 3000 calories a day. Um, and then they would just, you know, never be able to gain weight, but they would eat so much and they just like barely gain any weight, like every week. And I think about 0.5 to like about one pound per week is, is could be potentially reasonable depending on uh, what you want to be doing. But 0.5 pounds per week is pretty good. I would say it's not going to be all muscle though. Um, So this is just pure bulking. And I think this brings us into more intermediate levels of uh, nutrition combinations with fitness is bulking and cutting. So the process of gaining weight, which it was, would be called in like the fitness industry is called bulking where essentially you are putting on mass, pure mass, which can be fat and or muscle in order to increase overall muscle growth. But you will be putting on fat as well. Yeah, inevitably, because it's inevitably, part of the you, same metabolic processes. Yes, because since your body has an excess of uh, calories, it's going to store, it's going to say, oh, our muscles can afford to lo- grow larger in size. So we'll do that. But as well, we need to store more fat because, because we're getting so much extra weight as it is. We're getting so much extra um, calories as it is. So we're going to build Which the is- muscle and then whatever the muscle is going to max out. Like you can only build so much contractile, contractile tissue, AKA muscle. You can only gain so much and then your body will store the extra calories as fat. And that's okay. Like that's what the bulking process is all about, especially for people who are very lean. That's what the bulking process is all about. Now the cutting process is different. The cutting process is a bit more difficult. I will say than bulking because with cutting, you want to be, at less of a deficit than you were at a surplus. And that's why cutting take, can take a lot longer in order for it to be done correctly. Mm. Right? So like if you I bulk for like... Yeah, you don't want like, to lose too much muscle in the process. Exactly. Like if I bulk nice. for like six six weeks, I'll cut for 12 or like mm. eight. Like, or eight, like eight to eight to 12 essentially. Because I want to maintain the muscle that I gained from the bulk while removing the fat. So what does that mean? That means you have to get it to a very specific caloric deficit where you're not losing too much size overall, but you are maintaining your physique essentially underneath all the fat. And then eventually the fat just goes away. That's what you're trying to do on a cut really. And that's going to be a bit more like intermediate level. That's going to be like when you've probably at least done a couple, like you just started working out, you've been focusing on your nutrition for like a few months now, and you can probably change to, okay, I'm going to, you know, I actually want to put on mass. I want to put on muscle mass, like a lot of muscle mass. So what you have to do, there's a lot of things you have to do. You have to likely decrease cardiovascular activity, right? On a bulk, on a bulk. You have to decrease cardiovascular activity. If you did a lot of it, like if you're a runner, if you're like a teenager who plays a lot of sports, um, you do not do essentially any running outside of the sport that you already do, right? You yeah, keep running. Running like basically lose, like cause you to lose tons of fat and muscle at the same time. Yeah, because your body wants to become efficient while it's doing it. Right? You ever see like top runners? They're always like their legs look like sticks. Yeah, like, yeah, marathon arms and runners legs are, are gross. So sprinters, thin. sprinters look phenomenal, but marathon mm-hmm. runners look horrible, right? So, although it, it no helps offense. us in the, 
Yeah, I know. they know what they look like. Don't worry, you're not gonna <laughs> like, you know trust me. They they know what they look like. They they look yeah, whatever. It's good. It's good. It's decent for longevity, but you know, you need balance in life, of course. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that's why like you need a bulk, you need a cut, you need to do what you want. Everything's dependent on your goals, right? And and that's dependent on what you want out of your out of your existence, essentially. Yeah. So what about um, force feeding? Something we so wouldn't necessarily recommend feeding, to a beginner, but no. Why why would you need to force feed? So force yourself? feeding is for those guys I was talking about who are hard gainers. Right, they it, they can do a massive caloric um, surplus, and they get full, like they're very full. So they need high density foods, right? So the carbohydrates are very popular in a bulk because they're like you can eat so much of them, mm, and you don't true. really feel as full. But there's a lot of calories in it, right? Like um, like with meat, there's actually like meat actually tends to be pretty good on calories, right? Because there's a balance between fat and protein they actually tend yeah. to be very good on calories what's the uh, the breakdown of uh, one one gram of protein is four calories one gram of carbs is four calories and if fat is nine i honestly forget i believe I that's a correct bit more i think it's a bit more for carbs i thought it was the same but either way you can break it down by that yeah we're, um, if we're talking like about macros, we're talking about just yeah. tracking your macros you just weigh all your food. That's what a lot of uh, bodybuilders yeah. follow. Yeah, well, my, my fitness pal is great because it usually, like, you could put in the brand of the food that you ate, and mm-hmm. it would tell you, and then the measurement, obviously, like, one one slice, uh, let's say the cold cut, uh, one slice is, like, uh, I don't know, 25 grams, but it'll have that measurement already on the app, or you can input it yourself, and, like, it'll basically tell you, like, the macros for that serving size which is very nice like a slice of bread like i don't know how many grams a slice of bread is but if i go on the um like the packaging for the brand of like of like a english bread essentially i can say like oh this one slice was like 28 grams therefore 28 grams of bread i had two slices i have like i can do math right now 46 grams um is it 46 or 56 56 56 grams um, like that's how many grams of bread I'm eating, and then the calories for that would be whatever the calories obviously were for 56 grams, right? Or one slice, yeah. or two slices of bread. Like those are usually stated. It makes it a lot easier, especially using those apps. And I feel like I'm getting to the weeds too much of this. Force feeding <laughs> essentially is eating more than you want to eat. Yeah, eating more than you want to eat so you can get massive, and you know Being all the full and is, just eating more anyway. This is when you're getting into bodybuilding level because you're saying, and I know it's it's intermediate, but it's like it's like amateur bodybuilding is like I need to get bigger, so I'm literally literally gonna eat until I get sick, mm. until my stomach like I can't move almost. And people have like thrown up from force feeding, and they and guess what? The pros if they throw up from force feeding, guess what they do? They eat, eat again. More. <laughs> they eat again. These people are insane, bro. But you're not there. That's okay. You don't have that discipline, and that's fine. You don't need that. That's for crazy people. I'm telling you right now, those people are not sane. They're not normal. All right, they are. They no. are insane. This is their life. They dedicate themselves to this. Don't feel bad if you can't force feed like a bodybuilder force feeds. You're an amateur. Go watch. Go watch um, Brian Shaw full day of eating. Yeah, on YouTube. Brian Shaw, Rich Piana, Jay Cutler. Go watch Jay Cutler 
he would talk about how he was sick. He hated the taste of the food. Half of yeah. it was bland because they, they every calorie is counted with those guys. So half of the food was like bland. It was like boring. It was like oats and blueberries. He would eat oats, blueberries, and like chicken. Mm. Like a, like all blended up. Right? So it was easier to literally so he could like almost easier to consume, yeah. right? He they didn't have to drink, chew it as much. Drink a lot of calories. Yeah, and they drink a lot of calories with mass gainers, a lot of artificial stuff, right? That's why I don't like you know, I, I, the way we talk about it, I want you guys eating healthy stuff. I, I don't like the mass gainer stuff. You know, no. that, that's like, those may be putting a strain on your body that's unnecessary, right? Like all these uh, excess like proteins, you know, I know the protein's not as bad, like artificial, pro, not artificial, but like, let's say like whey protein or like pea protein. It's not as bad as like, you know, mass gainers because you don't know what's in a mass gainer. It's carbohydrates. Yeah, mass gainers. A lot of it's sugar, which is gross. Definitely. Uh, it's unnecessary sugar, which I really don't like. Um you know, and that's sugar is not a macro. So I know carbohydrates are like sugars in their own way, but like, you know, you don't want to be going excess in sugar because then you're just going to get diabetes. Right. True. So, you know, be cognizant of that for sure. In terms of your macros, like, you know, that's why like knowing what you're eating is very important. Right. So getting into force feeding, what types of meals are you going to eat? You're probably going to eat high carbohydrate meals. Uh, high carbohydrate, high protein, low fat, right? Because you don't need as much. You'll have fats in the carbohydrates. You'll have fats in the in the protein that yeah. you eat. You'll cook with but, it. Yeah, you'll cook with a lot of fats um, uh, and like butter. You'll cook with cooking with olive oil is good. Um, you know, staying away from those seed oils is nice uh, just for your body, just for like the general health of your body. Yeah, we'll get into that. We will definitely get into that. And then – for someone who's trying to lose weight, very likely they're going to have a bit more of a, and, and this is where we'll actually get into the expert levels. Uh, they may start fasting. They, they may just eat whatever they want and maybe do like a day fast or like a half day fast called intermittent fasting, where mm-hmm. essentially you have a window of eating from like 2 p.m. to like 8 p.m., which is about six hours. I think that's like an average intermittent, intermittent fasting. Some people have eight hour windows. Some people have two hour windows, right? They're basically OMAD, which is like one meal a day. And again, this yeah. is like expert level eaters. Like people have been experimenting with their bodies. They know it works for them. I've tried intermittent fasting works very well for me. I've gotten used to not eating breakfast, but eating like a, a decent sized lunch and a decent sized dinner, which is about a six hour window for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I just got used to that, right? So I'm used to not eating breakfast anymore. Whereas in high school, I would eat breakfast all the time. Um, and then that, that kind of changed for me. I started not getting as hungry as breakfast. So I'm like, it's just my body, just, that's what it wanted, right? So I kind of let it happen. Nice. And then you'll have OMAD, which is one meal a day, which is essentially exactly as it sounds. You eat one single meal a day. Some people choose to eat it at lunch. Some people choose to eat it at dinner. This is like expert level stuff. Like you probably have to know your body pretty well before you start trying stuff like that. You probably shouldn't try that off the jump. Right. And people who do OMAD are very likely also paying attention to what they're eating and their calorie counting. So that's why we put an expert level because they're doing all the stuff we've already talked about. Plus, right. For intermittent fasting, it's very similar. Chances are, you know, intermittent fasting helped me because I was able to not need to count my calories while still maintaining a caloric deficit, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very helpful, uh, especially if if you have problems with overeating. Yeah. Skipping breakfast is pretty doable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like just thinking about one meal and dropping that off. So yeah, if you want to start with fasting, I would recommend looking yeah, at intermittent, intermittent fasting, fasting. And with an, with an eight hour window from like 12 PM to 8 PM 
It's a yeah, very nice perfect. window. It's a very nice beginner window. And then you can slowly bring that from like 2 to 8 or 12 to 6, depending on what times you normally eat at. And right, make, make sure it works with your schedule, right, if you're going to attempt any of this stuff. Um, and then, again, you can do like intermittent fasting and keto. I heard a lot of people, they just, they do intermittent fasting already and they go, okay, I'm going to go keto as well. And keto is phenomenal. Keto is phenomenal for people mm -hmm. who are trying to stay lean muscularly while also maintaining a relatively low body fat, which is arguably everyone should, essentially, if you're not a bodybuilder who's trying to get as big as possible, you should essentially be trying to do this type of diet, uh, this type of, sorry, this type of, you should have this type of eating lifestyle where you essentially are doing high fats, which means your body is burning fat, right? Mm -hmm. It's pure, it's burning fat, it's energy. And that's exactly what this is doing. You burn fat as energy rather than burning carbohydrates. So this is going to prevent a lot of problems down the road. Um, it prevents one big thing this does for a lot of people. It helps with autoimmune disorders. So if you've heard of the, you know, Jordan Peterson who only literally only eats like lamb, right? It's a perfect yeah. balance of like, I think like 65% protein and like 35% fat around there. I think it's like 70, 30 or like 65, 35 around there, like percentage macros and, and, and very essentially like negligible carbohydrates. Um, you know, that's like expert level that takes a lot of discipline and he has an autoimmune yeah. disorder, which means it he actually, it's actually necessary for him to do. You probably don't have to do that. Cause that's very difficult. I would assume. Right. And like yeah. you said at the beginning, you have to be enjoying what you're eating. Right. Uh, especially if you're a beginner, like, again, you're not a pro, you're not a bodybuilder. You don't have to force feed. You don't have to do all this crazy stuff. Like, Enjoy what you're eating. Just eat a bit less. Like in the beginning, enjoy what you're eating. Just maybe have a bit less if you're trying to lose weight. Maybe have a bit more if you're trying to gain weight. Like that's it's that simple, right, in yeah. the beginning. If you're starting to work out and you're counting calories, well, that's actually a, quite a big difference. That's why I say doing your maintenance calories, just do one week of what you normally do. So let's say you already worked out like three times a week. Count. Uh, that's fine. Don't track. Don't count those workouts as um, – as like calories, just simply track the calories that you're intaking every day and then to, and then average that out. And that's like, okay, this is my maintenance calories. And then if you increase activity in order to lose weight, then obviously you'll not, you'll start counting those extra exercises. Um, but the best, really the best thing is like, like if you're a beginner, you have a clean slate, you haven't really worked out that much. You kind of just maybe go on a couple walks a week, um, you can see your maintenance calories really, really well. You can see where your metabolic rate is at in terms of maintenance, which is amazing, right? Like I'd have no idea at this point. I have to re-experiment because my activity mm. is too sporadic, right? So I, I need to be a bit more consistent with my activity in order to actually get a maintenance calorie uh, readout for myself. But if you don't do anything, if you don't do any exercise, like it actually may even be easier for you to figure out your maintenance calories. And then from there you can... Just say, oh, instead of having like one sandwich, I'm going to have like maybe a sandwich and a half um, if you want to gain weight, right? If you want to lose weight, you go, okay, maybe I'll have one sandwich. And instead of having like a snack as well as a sandwich, I'll just have a sandwich. Yeah. Right. So you can change. It's small, it's small incremental changes, right? Do not – it's not this big, massive thing. Like I've been into fitness for and nutrition for like literally since high school, which is like maybe almost 10 years now. Um. So for I think for you it's you start a bit later, and it's it's a bit different. Yeah, I've been into it for what like f probably four years now. Yeah, which is pretty long. Like in, in... I slowly got in 
more and more hardcore to the point where like now, like I just said to my parents the other day, I'm like, I guess I kind of am a health nut the way I just obsess over this stuff a little bit. And they're like, yeah, which yeah may you're not just be the a best nut. Either. They're like, you're just a nut. Health is one of the many categories. <laughs> Ouch. But, That's rough. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost autistic. Let's just put yeah, it that almost. way. Yeah. One thing um, um, I wanted to mention when you talked about Jordan Peterson, um, a way that people don't uh, often think about because everyone just goes to, including doctors, just go to pharmaceutical drugs right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But you can actually heal so many things with food and diet. Yeah. And actually changing things and eliminating things or eating things that are more health, making healthier choices. So I'm not saying I know very much about that, but like definitely something you should look into mm-hmm. um, if you're sick and you know, there's not, there's not a solution from a doctor or a pharmaceutical company. There's no prescription, right? Yeah. And even if there is, Definitely. but it's, it's not something you want to be on because the side of the effects side effects too, yeah. or the cost. Definitely yeah. look into these holistic ways of, you know, healing yourself with food mm-hmm. because food is literally medicine. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know what their diet's actually doing to them. Until they no. go to like a nutritionist who can test that stuff or um, like they do tests on your gut microbiome, which essentially is saying like, oh, your gut easily breaks down foods and like you're doing just fine. Or your gut's like screaming for help because all you eat is like fried crap. Um, yeah. Right. So you a lot of people don't actually know how healthy or unhealthy they are based on their gut microbiome. So definitely like if you're having stomach problems, maybe go to a nutritionist before you go to a doctor. Right. Like you may even like circumvent the problems unless you're like actually eating healthy and like obviously you know what that would look like is like you're eating a bal- relatively balanced diet i would say of like carbohydrates protein fats uh very l- little sugar is a pretty healthy mm-hmm. diet i would say like you do a little bit of bread here and there um or like almost every day you eat vegetables almost every day and you eat a little bit of meat almost every day like it's a pretty balanced diet i would say just a nice whole food diet and then you don't eat too much sugar yeah. and you're still having stomach problems you should probably look into it because it may be something um, more or maybe nothing, right? You should definitely check it out if you're having stomach problems from a nutritionist before a doctor because you don't want to start taking medicine for your stomach when you can just heal it literally with food first. Yeah, Actually. you might as well change change the environment. Yeah. Not the – instead of just adding something that's not necessarily good for you either. That, that, that also may literally kill your – your potential to have nutrients. Um, I know for a fact there are certain medicines that essentially kill your gut microbiome, so you cannot digest True. food properly. Like and True. it's a- antibiotics. It's literally yeah. Antibiotics essentially do that a lot of the will time. mess you up. But like especially the hardcore antibiotics are like bad diseases. That's why it's so important to try to stay as healthy as possible all the time. Um, that's why it's so important to like not eat whatever you want all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously stress, there's other factors, but like food is this beautiful thing where it's, it's in your control. What you put in your mouth is purely under your control. You can make excuses, but no one's forcing food down your throat. Usually it's you. No, it's you choosing to eat or not eat. So yeah, it's like the devil. He's going to make the the bad food so 
tantalizing and delicious that you you want it so bad, but yeah, it's still you who who takes it and puts it in your mouth. Yeah, absolutely. You got to stop yourself. Put down that donut. Put down the donuts, man. Put Should down the donuts. The... <laughs> yeah. Now. Put down, down the donuts. But officer, they're so good. <laughs> But officer, they're so bussin true. Bussin. I used to eat donuts like every day. Jeez, are you I used to drink. I used to drink a Pepsi every day. Well, I drink. I drink a lot of diet Pepsis. Maybe we should talk about those, uh, like diet drinks. Like, are they actually bad for you? Are they good for you? They're probably not good for you. Straight Definitely up, they're probably not good, not good for but you. But if, if you better want than no sh- calories, I assume it's better than sugar. Yeah, I'd safely assume it's better than sugar. Than better than the intake of like if you have a pop a day of like diet versus not diet, I guarantee it's better than the sugar content of like an actual pop. So if you're like really addicted to like soda or pop, we, in Canada we say pop, but it, not a lot of other places say pop. Almost, yeah, I don't think anywhere says pop. except So here. soda, cola, a lot of people say. But yeah, yeah. sodas or colas or pops, you know, if you have problems with those, try to switch to the diet first. You know, like we said, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, you try like, and you don't want to make massive changes, right? So changing to diet, if you hate the taste of diet, like, I don't know, man, suck it up. Maybe switch to juice first. I switched like, to flavored sparkling water. Yeah. Like that's, I, that's a, about that's a year ago and I never stopped. Switch, though. I never went back. It was hard. Yeah. It was because I was addicted to it. Yeah. It's definitely hard, 100%. right? With the sodas. Um, but it's, it was worth it. Like I feel much better now. And it's doable. It's for sure doable. Oh, yeah, because I did it. Should we uh, get into the seed oil section of this episode here? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we are past the expert um, lifestyles. We're past force feeding. We're past keto. We're past the OMAD intermittent fasting, um, regular fasting. Oh, we didn't mention GOMAD. Oh, yeah. Drink a gallon of milk a day. GOMAD is for hard gainers because, like, if you drink a gallon of, like, this is obviously a, mostly a joke because, like, if you do this, you'll probably throw up. Um, but uh, essentially because there's so many calories in milk, like, you will basically gain weight guaranteed. And a lot of it is protein and fats, which is very nice. Uh, yeah. The only problem with all that milk is that actually it's quite a bit of sugar as well. Like, True. because of the, just because of the volume of it. So that's why, obviously, I wouldn't recommend, I would not recommend GOMAD unless you're, like, really desperate like nothing's working like you can't gain yeah you're like 90 pounds or something you're a rack of bones start doing go mad yeah start doing go mad if your stomach can even handle at that point yeah obviously don't do it if you're lactose intolerant that's stupid yeah and i think from there we can go into our silly little story someone has (laughs) so if you're not familiar with uh green text stories and you don't have to tell you where that's from. Uh, then too damn bad. Just listen and maybe you'll enjoy. Yeah, there's a, a quick little um, anecdote from an anonymous poster. He says, be food addicted land whale, 300 pounds. Eat nothing but grotesque processed freezer food available in large quantities. Nuggies, mac and cheese, freezer pizzas, etc. A walking stereotype. Always had IBS, which is ir- irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, but you'd expect that with this diet. Eventually, IBS gets acutely worse to a point where I'm in crippling daily pain and too weak to move or function. 
My entire gut is in searing pain all the time. Get checked for gut cancer. I'm fine, and the doctor doesn't know why. Start to wonder if I have celiac disease since my symptoms mirror what I've read online. Start elimination diet. Cut out bread and gluten of all kinds. Still in crippling daily pain. Doesn't seem to be gluten. Start eliminating other things from diet. Every possible allergen. Eventually, narrow it down to seed oils. Like every kind of seed oil. Sunflower, canola, palm. That shit is literally in everything. Desperately start a seed oil-free diet to seek relief. Cook with butter only. Animal fats do not trigger me. Start baking with bread made from home and with butter and not oil. Start uh, Pain slowly subsides as I cut out all the oil from my diet. Cannot eat any processed food anymore due to oil being in everything. It sucks at first, but I quickly learn to not care since the pain of eating things with oil in it is so immediate. Cook more and more meals from scratch. Daily diet is filled with veggies, pan-fried chicken, freshly baked bread, eggs, etc. Rapidly start losing weight. Overall health rapidly improves. Mental health improves. Don't even miss processed food anymore. Store-bought bread tastes like dog shit. My face when my body got so tired of my shit, it forced me into a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, don't let, so, don't become that guy. Yeah, don't be That's that guy. That's too late. That's way too late. It's an interesting anecdote because a lot of people have IBS. It's a very common thing. It's too common. And yeah, way too common. And people way don't know common. why. They think ah. it's like not their fault even though it is because of bad diet. Well, they just don't know um, what that stuff's bad for you. That's actually bad for you. And we're no, because most you, people don't don't think about what they eat. And they also don't care, which is like uh, yeah, or don't still care. their fault in a sense. Um, at the end of the day, most stuff is actually up to you. So you should take responsibility for your own shit, especially your own body. That's absolutely true. up to you. You should know what food is good and bad for you. It, it, like, although, yes, in school, they should tell you, right? But at the end of the day, it doesn't change that it's your body and you need to take control of it. You need to take control of what goes in, what goes out, and what activity that you do every single day. That's mm -hmm. up to you. I don't care how much schooling you have. You have to take care of yourself at the end of the day, regardless of what they did or did not teach you. If you care about yourself in any way, you will take your nutrition and your health seriously. Well, that's why you listen to this podcast because we tell you what's, what's true. Not yes, you're already way ahead of the curve, I would say, of the average person exactly. who's likely going to die of some heart-related disease. Yeah, so basically that's the, the seed oil pill is you realize that the number one cause of death, which is heart disease, is literally because these seed oils are in all our food. Uh, and specifically fried food, every... Basically, anything you can get from a restaurant or fast food chain is dunked and cooked in canola oil. And reused. Too. Yeah, it's also reused, which is gross. I used to so work. So carcinogens, a, not only. And these places um, used to use beef tallow, which is lard. Rendered. McDonald's used to use beef tallow. Yeah. McDonald's. But vegans complained the vegan lobby shut that down is that serious they didn't want to eat anything 
More no, vegan slander. Real. More vegan yeah. slander. Vegans it's literally real. ruined everything. They ruined Vegans have food. blood on their hands because so many people have died from cardiac problems because of that one change to canola oil instead well, of beef Well, I, I wouldn't blame the vegans for that because, again, that is people's individual responsibility. Allegedly, but... I'm not accusing anybody of killing anyone else. No, of course not. But that is a thing that happened. Vegans by far kill the most animals, though. And that's true. That's, that's facts. That's true. We could get into that. We could get but this is about nutrition. Farming. So This is about nutrition. Vegan slander um... will never stop. I don't care. <laughs> I actually don't care. Vegans are I feel like you're actually more popular if you slander vegans because everybody hates vegans. I think everyone does hate vegans. I think more people are becoming vegan, but even vegan people have told me like they hate vegans. So, yeah. you know, I will slander the vegans because the vegans who are cool, no, I'm not talking about them. <laughs> the vegans who are like, yeah, I just don't want to eat meat. I'm like, that's chill, bro. That's actually totally chill. I don't like that. I, I think that's stupid, it's... but that's chill. Like it's chill. They're like, oh my yeah. god, you're literally killing the planet? Yeah, you're a fucking loser, dude. Leave me alone. Leave me the hell alone, bro. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so basically, anyways. seed oils and their consequences have been a disaster for this race. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's my thesis. Uh, yeah. It's um, literally industrial lubricant, by the way. It was, it was invented it to in be... A car. Yeah, if you, you, run you can't run your car, it. you can't run your car on butter or beef tallow. I don't think so. No, I, it, it would go bad because it's food, and food's supposed to go bad, not mm -hmm. like oil, which essentially literally lasts like forever. And think about it like this: we people used to not eat gum because they thought they couldn't digest it, right? Yeah. How much how much seed oil are you consuming every single day? A lot. That basically doesn't go bad. You think your body can just digest that? And also, it's always contained in plastic most of the time. The mm. olive oil I get is in glass and metal all the time. But yeah. seed oils, always, always, always in plastic. Usually. So that that's an important point. People say like, oh, well, what's the difference between canola oil and olive oil? Because it's the same thing. They, they just crush the seed. But it's not even true. Olive oil is more like orange juice. Like it's just you squeeze the olives and you get olive oil. You squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. Canola oil, I will link the video to how it's made, where they uh, they show you how they make it, and they tell you exactly how it's done, except at the beginning, it's, it's uh, oh, the Heart, Heart Health Association says canola oil is better for you because there's less uh, saturated fat, which is false. It's not better for you. No causes a lot of problems including I inflammation know, i think saturated fat isn't the bad one it's trans it's trans fat yeah it's the bad one so i'm not an expert in this but i believe I. the unsaturated fats are like butter and uh animal fats that's better for you yeah yeah in the long run um we can just do a quick, back to quick, back to the point of search. yeah yeah you should definitely this is a whole rabbit hole like we can't get into enough of it but yeah we should we i should just want to introduce people stuff. introduce people to like this is something you do need to pay attention to yeah um in 20 30 years it's gonna i believe it's gonna be a big thing it's gonna flip and there's gonna be restaurants to say 
we use beef tallow again and mm-hmm. all this stuff because I don't think 20, 30 years, I think it within 10, dude. Probably. Yeah. People like smoking, man. Eventually smoking it'll be mainstream. So for people. How long did smoking yeah. last? Like 40 years, maybe 50 years? No, I'm not actually, sure. Probably, way longer. Never mind. Way longer. Smoking's actually good for you, by the way. But <laughs> it actually, yeah, it actually went full circle. We're like, oh, yeah, smoking's good for you. Unironically, right, though, saying? Like, for low testosterone individuals, smoking is better for you. Because <laughs> arguably, producing more testosterone uh, is better well, than the damage. Yeah, because testosterone has so you. much positive effects. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but let's yeah. let's continue with the seed oils and the the yeah. heart association. I will, I will do an episode on smoking. Who funds the heart association? I run. I yeah, wonder. let's let's look into what, that. I wonder what oil companies fund the <laughs> Heart and Health Association. Anyways, yeah. So the process of making canola oil, they do crush the seeds, but the oil that they get, um. They get this cake from the rest of the seeds and the cake has to be washed out with solvents and solvents is like brake cleaner. Like these are these things. If you smell them, they will destroy your brain. It's very yeah, bad thinner, for you. Yeah. Cleaner, things like that. Chemicals. Like, like chemicals that essentially degrade, like acidic chemicals that degrade things. Yeah. Like they, they wash oil. They also degrade so your that, brain. That cleans out, um, the seeds the the seed cake and after that the uh the oil is bleached just to make it a lighter color just because literally they want it to look more like olive oil that's basically (laughs) the reason so you're having bleach introduced yeah so you have solvents bleach two things which if you drank them would kill you (laughs) and um on top of that, it has to be steam cleaned at the end because it actually has a horrible odor. Like Ew. you wouldn't be able to stand it if <laughs> you were in this factory. And we're talking about the cake still, or are we talking about the oil itself? No, this yeah. So the cake is washed with solvents to get all the oil out of it, and then you just have the oil bleached to look lighter, and then wow. steam cleaned to get rid of the smell. Wow. Compared to, like I said before, olive oil is just pressed and extracted, um, which is what they've been doing for thousands of years. They just crush the olives and then squeeze them through burlap, basically, to get the... It is more like juice. You should think of olives like olive oil like juice. Yeah, it's just filtered juice, essentially. Mm-hmm. And boil. I think it's boiled down as well, right? Because it's part of some liquid. Yeah, oil. so... There's different grades of olive oil. Extra virgin is obviously the purest grade. That is just like freshly squeezed. Um, And then if it just says olive oil on the bottle, that means it was processed at like different levels of heat, which kind of breaks down the oil, destroys some of the nutrients. So you do want to be buying extra Extra virgin. virgin. Yeah. Me and and my boys on my way to drink that extra virgin olive oil. (laughs) To steal the extra virgin olive oil from Walmart. <laughs> it's a big deal. It's actually a big deal. Definitely to use like extra virgin olive oil, stuff like that, um, to mitigate. And, 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 like if you even are going to fry foods, right? Because like frying itself is so... We could get into it's like extra. raw foods and stuff. But 
Like vegetables, mm-hmm. you should eat vegetables raw and like arguably unwashed, depending on the source. Um, because like you get, I would counter nutrients. that. I think you should. I think you should cook vegetables. Why? Uh, for thyroid reasons. What does that mean? Vegetables are easier to digest cooked. All foods easier to, easier to digest cooked. I mean, I know there is like people that just go full raw. I want to go full raw um, eventually. I do want to try it. I I will try it eventually. But from what I've experimented now, I do find I feel better with cooked vegetables. Yeah, do what you need to do. Obviously, do what you need to do. Like mm-hmm. it, it's there's the recommended, and then there's I need to adjust based on the way my body digests things, and that's why it's usually uh, it's nice to start with whole foods and then adjust into what your body can break down the best out of all foods. Uh, in terms of like actual nutrition advice, um, I, I think this thing, our, our advice is more related to like in terms of with exercising as well. But obviously, seed oils is just general, like general thing for your health that you should avoid, right? Yeah. I just wanted to make sure people are aware of it. Um, <clears throat> and I'll just list some of the effects on your body. Absolutely. So basically, IBS which is bad digestion it's because of inflammation in your gut so mm-hmm. seed oils cause inflammation um, not only in your gut but all of your body and the gut being messed up as we've already touched on causes a whole host of other problems and including hormonal imbalances which is um, a whole other thing which greatly affects your health having your hormones out of whack like you said if you're obese you can get um, depressed because of that, that hormone imbalance. So yeah, focusing on making your gut healthier is one way to wholly improve your overall health. Sure. Yeah. I think that's a great, I think that's a great way to end the show. Mm-hmm. So I just want to list off, you should be avoiding like when you read ingredients on things, avoid canola oil, rapeseed oil, literally called rapeseed oil, what, sunflower what, what oil, seed oil? <laughs> rapeseed oil. Maybe rape it's rapeseed. I don't know how rap- it's pronounced. Oh, it's probably rapeseed, dude. <laughs> Oops. Whatever. Rapeseed Anyways, oil. Sunflower yeah, rape oil. Seed oil? <laughs> well, seed oil sucks. So like, I mean. Yeah, it's so bad. Soybean oil. That should be an obvious one. Yeah, avoid don't soy and soy. everything. That's not even... I really, we really have to mention that. Yeah, we don't even have to mention it because it's if such a If you drink meme. or eat soy and you're not a woman, stop listening to the podcast. Yeah. No cap. I don't care if we'll lose 100 viewers. No cap. <laughs> stop. If you're a soy boy, stop. This isn't for you. This, this is, is not, not for you. This is not this a is safe for, space for soy boys. This is not a safe space for soy boys. If you're a recovering soy boy, you're welcome. Please stay. Yeah. We want to bring you out of that hell that you were living in. If that if you're a ve- you're a recovering vegan, yes, stay, please enjoy, right. But anyone else, nah, 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 you can leave. You can leave. We don't want you here. Yeah. And then uh, some alternatives to those nefarious oils: butter, obviously, beef tallow or lard. Coconut oil is good. Avocado oil is good. Olive oil is good but make sure you get extra virgin mm-hmm. and 
ghee, and in, in a, which in is glass or in a metal, in metal, preferably. Yeah, that's like a whole other thing. Don't let your food touch plastic. <laughs> yeah, as, as at least as little plastic as possible. Mm-hmm. And no nonstick pans. Please don't use mm-hmm. nonstick pans. Yeah, Anyways, those are like so popular. It's so hard not to. Every single it is like like that's why we're in such a problem here. I know there's like you can get like copper pans. I know you can get like obviously cast. I use stainless steel. Stainless steel. Oh yeah, stainless steel is great. Mm -hmm. Um, but those those are some other option that you can get. Like, I think there's like brass as well potentially, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, yeah, cast iron and stainless steel will be the most popular, I believe. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. And although they're non-stick, like just make sure you season your food well, and you know you can add a little bit of water uh, to help with that as well. Yeah. So my great grandmother, she's ninety-six. She just had COVID and lived. She's incredibly strong, and like four foot nine. She ate. She like swore by just putting a shitload of butter on everything she cooked. <laughs> Let's go. Like that's it. there's that's no non-stick it because it's just there's so much butter. Nothing's gonna stick to a pan that's completely covered in butter. Absolutely and not. She's so yeah, so she's still alive, ninety-six years old, eight like the amount of butter, like people would be like, Wow, that's a lot of butter. If you saw how much butter she puts in a pan. Amazing. So that's obviously anecdotal, but I I trust anecdotes more than I trust science. Yeah, at I'm this based. point in time. At this point in time, I, do, I would have to agree with that as well. Uh, if you look at Mediterranean diets, you know how much olive oil they use? Yeah. They basically it's their drink, main fat source. You're drinking olive oil. You're literally drinking olive oil when you eat Mediterranean food half the time or like mm-hmm. Italian food half the time. Like you are drinking olive oil. And it's not even exaggeration, especially with vegetables. So you'll have like yeah. a carbohydrate and a fat. The only problem is they don't have too much protein, which is why they're so skinny a lot of the time, which is like kind of yeah. strange. But like the protein <laughs> they have is a lot cleaner than like North American protein, which is really nice. Yeah, it's true. It's really cool about Europe. Like they actually care about the quality of like their farm animals essentially. And the same goes for like Japan and stuff. And mm. But they do have a lot of fish, which which is usually Fish is good for you. In fat, I think. I'm not sure. Or is it higher than I, that? It depends on the fish, obviously. But yeah, yeah usually it is typically lower. Yeah, fish yeah. is good protein. Yeah. Yeah, I really noticed that when I was in Denmark that they, although the food was more expensive, everything was quality. Like, you, you, you have to look hard to find. Even if you go to a McDonald's, it's better. Like, it's just a higher standard. Use, they probably still use beef tallow, maybe. Actually, probably. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. But that would be based if they did that'd be sweet yeah yeah well anyways yeah we can close off this i think that was a good episode i think people yeah. like that all right let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food hippocrates